You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can contact the show via Twitter at ShortShiftPod. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. It's Boston Hockey Talk with your hosts, Thomas Nystrom and Andrew Johnson. Enjoy the show. You ready? Let's do it. Yeah. Here is Marshan moving that way. Marshan through the sun. Perfect. They score! Right away, it's Pasternak. 34 seconds in. 1-0 Boston. Eight fell. Boston opportunity. Coyle comes in. Looking for the angle. Hit the post. And scores! Cross-side speed to Frederick. Snaps one. He scores! Over the glove! Frederick with his first career goal. What a moment and what a setting to get it. Pasternak goes for the hat trick. He scores. And David Pasternak with the hat trick. But an outstanding performance here in Lake Tahoe as the Boston Bruins tie an outdoor game record with seven and win it seven to three. You were right, Thomas. They scored three goals. <laughs> it was funny too. I almost texted you after the first period last night to change my prediction from three uh-huh. two to. I was like, they're gonna score like eight goals tonight, and then I was like, Matt, you should have done that, old man. I was like, I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. Me and Grace were just watching the game, and then like we literally like took our eyes off the game for that ninety nine seconds. Yeah, where they scored three fucking times. Yeah, yeah. And I like looked at the screen. And I go, "Who scored the fourth goal?" She's looking it up, and I look up at the screen. And I go, "They just scored a fifth goal." And I shit you not, I yeah. walked out of the room to grab a drink. I came back in. She wasn't watching, and I looked at the screen, and it said six. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on right now?" <laughs> like, what is Carter that? Hart yeah. for Hart. Oh, you know what? Here's the thing with Carter Hart. I feel bad for him. He definitely wasn't helping himself. The defense was fucking terrible in front of him. Yeah. But at a certain point, like... Which is funny considering they were playing uh, with eight men. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was just a mess. Like, they just... They looked fucking terrible. Yeah. No, they are, they're still really slow. I yeah. mean, Konechny and Giroud being out didn't help, but yeah. they were, they're still really slow. And, okay... I'll admit I was. I'll admit at least for a moment I was wrong about Trent Frederick. That was a really good. That, that was a. That was a good shot. That was a. Mm-hmm. That was a good shot. That was. That's an easy stop for. <laughs> yeah, it, I. I think honestly, like I don't even know if Frederick was trying to do anything else than put something on the net. He he wasn't. Like, he was just. He was like, oh oh. Yeah. <laughs> he just he just slung it out there, and it, I don't think it was like a a planned thing. I think he just saw an opening and just let one go. But I don't think he was like actually making a real try for a goal. Sometimes that's all it takes. Like 
yeah. that's off his back and and he knows that it's possible for him to score at this level and mm-hmm. without getting too into the frederick thing you've got certain people like even in our podcast network or whatever who are more of more defensive of him than others i made the comment to to marky the other day on a on a video cast that he was doing so mm-hmm. he only has the one point in like what was it, like 35 games at the time or whatever Yep. And like you can easily like defend him. It's like, oh, it's not his game, blah, blah, blah. It's, I, if it wasn't for the fighting, he would have no pass from any of these fans. Yeah. He's a first round draft pick who's just a fighter, quote unquote. Like he's a physical presence. Like you got to score at some point. So I'm hoping that this is turning the page on that, that mindset. And now he can just be a pro. Well, actually, I, 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 this is, it's interesting that you bring this up. Because this goes into the Boston Bruins, this goes into the Boston Bruins fans' mindset. Zach Senechin is a first-round draft pick. He has three points in six games in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Trent Frederick is a first-round draft pick. He has two points in six times as many games. Mm-hmm. Which one gets the pass? Because he's good at the punch in the face contests, and he gets in, and he and, and, and he makes PK Subban take stupid penalties. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I see the difference, but I don't see the difference. <laughs> yeah. I have nothing against Frederick. I'm obviously I want him to succeed and everything, but it's clearly yes. Yeah, so it is I. a little bit frustrating how much of a pass he has gotten, and yeah. I'm hoping that this is is turning the corner for yeah. that, and we can we can move into a different consciousness for this kid. Yeah, like for sure, absolutely. It is like, it it is another thing. Like other than like the fighting and stuff like that, he has clearly shown that he is a locker room guy mm-hmm. there's there's been multiple multiple people like talking glowingly about what he brings to the table his energy and whatnot and out, honestly outside of like one or two games that i've seen with him in it this year like where he looked a little bit slow or he looked a little bit fucking lost that one time mm-hmm. um and i don't know if i put it on twitter or if i just texted you directly but it was just like what the fuck is he doing right now and then a few shifts later he figured it back out but I mean, he's young, he's green, but that's a that's a good amount of service time already. With he's he's nearing the forty game benchmark, and I'm I'm hoping that we're going to start seeing more of this offensive production. Like yeah. he 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 has the ability. He's there for a reason. He was a first round draft pick for a reason. So I'm ready to like really see it without needing him to just get out there and fucking body somebody. He reminds me. It reminds me a little bit. And I, I think I think Bruins fans see this in Frederick, and this is why that he's so glowing. They see a young Sean Thornton in the guy, mm-hmm. and I love I Sean that, Thornton, dude. I love I love me some Thornton. Yeah, but dude had a ceiling. <laughs> Thornton wasn't a first round draft pick. No. In fact, he wasn't even a draft pick. <laughs> You're right, actually. <laughs> so I I I, I think. We're in the um, Bruins fans, we should find we should sign another Lucic. We should re-sign Sean Thornton. You know that sect. Mm-hmm. They see Trent Frederick and they and they 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 cream. Yeah. So I think that's that's definitely part of the pass. There's so much of his career ahead of him too. He's still got a lot. He's got yeah. a lot of developing to do. Yeah. But as he stands right now, I'm not sold on him as an NHL player. But yeah. two things can be true. I'm not sold on him as an NHL player right now, but I still think he has ability that he hasn't tapped into yet. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. They, it was 
there was a reason that he got looked at in the first round. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm willing to sit here and and wait for that reason to. John Ferguson Jr. fucked him over, you know. In the post draft interview, when they talked about when 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 um, they interviewed JFJ for when they made the draft pick, mm-hmm. he said, "We see a third line grinder in this guy, which puts a which put a cap on his on, on his NHL ceiling mm-hmm. right there. He got screwed over by that, well, especially when you're a first round. So it's like." It, yeah, exactly. Well, we see a third line. We, we, we see an energy guy, a third line grinder, and we're just sitting here like, huh? Yeah. So, no, you want to you want to see that first. Alex pick. Like, right oh, there. Yeah, yeah. No, when when it's a first round pick, it's it's a a good chunk of the fan base is going to immediately be like, well, we're going to see him at the NHL level in the next twelve months, like within the next twelve months, producing. That's not always the case. Yeah, Hockey development's is, not linear. What well, it would exactly. ruin fans to learn that. I mean, outside of like your one, two, three, sometimes four top picks, mm-hmm. how many of them are actually thrown right into the show? Mm-hmm. Not a lot. No. You're talking about a different level of skill player. Right. So, so here's, here's a look into some future success and hopefully some very near future success for Frederick. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready to, to jump on board. I do like the kid, but... Me too. But I've been too. waiting to see more. And I think last night, even though it wasn't like a purposeful shot for him, it definitely okay. it's it was an icebreaker. And mm-hmm. you can see that the team like really fucking rallied around him when when that went in and right. they were happy for the kid. And just in general, like the the team flow coming out of Tahoe is what I'm gonna have my biggest takeaway. Obviously, it was gorgeous there. It was fucking gorgeous. Those views were incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, just couldn't really play during the daytime when those <laughs> when those views were what peak. an <laughs> absolute shit show Saturday was, huh? The NHL <laughs> is stupid, dude. They're so dumb. <laughs> I, I I tweeted. I ended up tweeting. So so the NHL didn't foresee sun in an outdoor game. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like you're just like oh my. Like yeah. uh, what are you doing? And like I I watched part I watched part of that game. The Neutral neutral zone looked like there was six inches of snow on the ground. Absolutely yeah, I mean, atrocious. Yeah. I mean, right off the bat in the game, you saw a number of like the the gray spots on the ice where yep. where the yep. plates Very connect and everything else is like. I I read somewhere, and this was a few years ago, uh, just about Winter Classic stuff. That when they do these things, I think it was up to like sixty degrees outside that it should have been capable of handling keeping the ice frozen like mm-hmm. in such a way that it was NHL quality. Right. The problem was and what the NHL stupidly broadcasted was we it was unforeseen unforeseen sun conditions. Mm-hmm. You just sound stupid. There's no <laughs> there's no way you can say that and not sound like a fucking idiot when it's like, "Oh, we didn't foresee that it was sun." It's like it's 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 noon. It's noon in Tahoe, noon. dude. <laughs> yeah, it's noon in Tahoe. The, the sun is literally directly at center ice. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? What the hell, man? Like, yeah. and, and, have and, them both be at nighttime and be done with it. Like, yeah, Jesus and, Christ. And, and, and I get it. Like, you want to try to pull them off during the day because that's the, that's the fucking money shot, man. Like, some of those <sighs> angles and, like, the views. It looked great. Were, it, it was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. 
But I will say that second period yesterday when the sun's going down on the Bruins game, that was fucking gorgeous too. And mm-hmm. seeing night outdoor hockey is just like it's just nostalgic for a lot of people. It's it's it's, you know? it's it's like it's like a warm blanket. It yeah. really is. But yeah, like the whole dressing up in the '90s swag, right down to Bergeron's fucking headphones and cassette Walkman and stuff. Like that team. That's our fucking. That's our fucking chatting, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's they do it every year. I mean, last year with the the classic, they did the Peaky Blinders thing, and yeah. obviously all the teams do their Halloween stuff, and there's like team bonding stuff and whatnot. But it just seems like. Every year for the last couple of years, like more than the previous year, it's just like this team clearly has some sort of locker room chemistry where it's just like even goofy ass Nick Ritchie's getting in on the action and he looks like he's having fun. And this man, has, uh, Nick Ritchie has 13 points in 16 games. And that's yeah. the last I'm going to say about him right now. Yeah. There's a glitch but- in the simulation. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so good to see, man. Like when this team is clicking, it is mm-hmm. fucking clicking. Obviously, Pasta, uh, Felger, and Maz need to just shut the fuck up. Like they shouldn't even be on the air for like the rest of this hockey season. I had a I stroke. Uh, I had I a stroke. I don't listen to them, but man, that just like exemplifies why not to listen to them. Boston yes. radio is a fucking nightmare. Obviously, there's a few dudes. Ty, uh, he. He's a hockey dude and stuff like that. But Ty's a good dude. DJ Bean on the lesser extent is pretty okay. Yeah. But other yeah. than that. <laughs> I'll listen I'll listen to them talk a little bit of Bruins, but like I do not want to hear dudes who do nothing but talk baseball and football try to make sense of mm-hmm. letting pasta go with two first round picks for how old's Crosby now? 33? 34? Something like that. Crosby's an otherworldly talent and then pasta goes and does shit like this at almost half the money (laughs) like it's just the bruins hit not even a home run dude like bruins hit a grand slam with this kid and it is embarrassing i don't know if you saw on twitter somebody somebody mentioned some of the players who were taken before pasta laughing at it and nobody mentioned that there was a draft pick a few picks ahead of him from tampa bay uh, this kid, Anthony D'Angelo, who we're still waiting on. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, D'Angelo got drafted before Pasta. What a fucking disaster. For as many misses as we have can arguably say that the Bruins have had in recent drafts. I'm currently that, writing an article for BMG I. about why the 2015 draft was actually a success. So keep yeah. an eye out for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I hate talking about that draft because it's... Yeah. It's been talked about in so many different ways. You can honestly, I can easily help you with that argument and spin it into a positive, but people are always going to look at the cupboard and see what else they could have taken out. You know, like that's just, that's, that's the sportsman's nature, especially in a town like Boston where you're going to just fucking critique everything. It's the plug and play. It's the plug and play nature of how the Bruins top down have their organization. Yep. And it's exemplified in their D. Look at look at who's on the ice right now for us. And then look at that draft and tell me it was a failure. Right, exactly. Exactly. So that that kind of leads us into uh you made a comment about the the doom and gloom nature around the perspective of our D. Oh my why don't you, why okay. don't you <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm going to turn my mic right. off for a second and I'm going to let you just get this out. 
For the rest of the year, I don't want to hear a goddamn thing about how the Bruins, the Bruins have no defensive depth. Okay? None. We just had a game in Lake Tahoe where our, num- where our number seven and number eight defensemen had multi-point games, John Moore and Connor Clifton. I've been on them, admittedly, but when we needed our depth to step up, they fucking stepped up last night. Okay, and then we had our number nine defenseman, Erho Vakaninen. I call him V9 because I'm not gonna because I never want to spell that name forever ever again for as long as I live. You want to know what his ice time was last night for our number nine defenseman? Twenty four minutes, twenty three minutes and forty six seconds. He had one assist, three block shots, and he looked great yep. for most of the night. Do the Bruins probably need another top four to on the trade deadline to augment them? Sure. Give me Matthias Alcone. <laughs> I, I we talked about this. If Nashville's going to burn it down, I'll pick the Ashes. I Hell yeah! Fucking, there's at least three players on that team that I would take in two seconds. And but for everybody who was who who was chirping me throughout the entire offseason and for a good portion of this season, telling me that the Bruins do not have defensive depth. Next time you have that thought. Keep it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. The counter argument, the counter argument would be what happened with the previous game where we were down some defensemen and stuff. So obviously people are going to look at that one example against the Islanders Mm -hmm. where the depth didn't really shine, but that was, what was that? The third game in four days or some shit? Like that was, that that was the third third game in four days. That team was gassed after the first period. Mm-hmm. So, I you can make you can make an argument either way, but I'm I'm gonna agree with you, man. Like I enjoy this D depth. I enjoy mm-hmm. the defense in general. Like they're fucking D was to watch. Lazon was out after the after his first shift. He's yeah. he was he he got injured, and yep. everybody stepped up. Not yep. one player had less than twenty minutes and ten seconds of ice time after Lazon left. Like, give me a break here. Zero complaints. Exactly. And, and I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad Vakaninen had a great game. Um, I did a re- the report card for the, after the devil's game for B and J and I kind of eviscerated John a little bit, Yeah, but he looked like he was playing with something to prove last night. He got, he had like two assists in like a minute <laughs> Yep, and he was actually getting pucks on net and he looked, he looked good. He looked really good. Connor Clifton is, is no longer playing like he's a dog, which is nice to see. And, you know, yeah, sure. I would love another top four defenseman, but don't tell me, do not tell me that Don Sweeney made the wrong decision, bringing it over to their depth and their young players over a 43, over a 43 year old fossil. I'm sorry. Honestly, this is the best storyline coming out of Boston right now is what this defense has been capable of doing. The Devils the Devils game was a weird one. The Islanders, for whatever fucking reason, have our number right now. And what made that trots, what man. made that it's- loss worse was <laughs> those jerseys that the Islanders wore against us with the NY on the front and the, the white shoulder yokes, they mm-hmm. give me fucking anxiety. Like I hate those jerseys. They look like minor league baseball trash it's like watching the mets skate around you and remember a few years ago they had like basically mets jerseys with new york across the chest 
Oh my god, I do remember that. And gray in it. Oh, they were just uh, no, because they were trying to they, they were trying to they were trying to do uh, brand synergy with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, Ugh. that was that was. Oh god, just awful. For whatever reason, that franchise cannot figure out a third jersey because their reverse retro is absolute trash because it's basically the same fucking jersey as they're always wearing, just With slightly different colors. Yeah, just different different pigments. And then I told I told Duffman this during our interview. Where the if you're gonna go reverse retro, go with the Gordon's Fisherman. You know towers. what? And you know what? Straight up, you could have done the Fisherman with the current color set, the original color set, mm-hmm. and made it look good, and it would have sold like a motherfucker. You would have worn it four times this year and probably never worn it again, and people would have loved it. Instead, they they went so incredibly safe mm-hmm. that. People just can't stand it. And then when you look at the crap that they've been wearing, because they've worn this the NY jersey multiple years now, yeah. and it doesn't look any better. The striping doesn't match up. It just, oh, it just. I will say oh. it's. I will say this though. It's slightly better than the gray, black, and orange jersey that they wore with the Islanders word mark. Do you remember yeah. those? Yeah. <laughs> they just. I don't understand that franchise. Like their their home sweater and their away sweater, fucking beautiful. One of my like it's top five in the league for me. Like I love, yeah. love their look. They're it's crisp to the league. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's great. And then they just want to make, they just want to throw shit at the wall, and quickly hold up an Adidas sweater in front of it, catch it, and that's what they're going to wear that night. It's just awful. And watching the Bruins lose to them the way that they did while they're wearing those fucking minor league jerseys, it's just it just it was brutal. Just, just, just watching, just watching how they played. Like I, I missed uh, the first two periods because I was out for, uh, I was out for Valentine's Day, but I did catch the third period. And the third period was when everything fell apart. <laughs> yeah. So, um, why do you think um, the Islanders have the Bruins number? Speaking of the Islanders, speaking of the Islanders, since we play them next. Uh, I mean, as as you're aware, I had we had some family issues going on that I had to attend to this past week, so I didn't really get to watch as I would have liked. <laughs> However, from from what I saw and what I was reading, the general consensus was they own the Bruins at Sunrise. And transitional hockey is nearly impossible when you can't fucking get through the the zone and they're pushing you to the outside and your game is trying to go inside. I don't I don't really understand what exactly the Islanders are doing. I know that Barry Trotz is one of the best coaches in the NHL right now. And what does he see on this Bruins roster that he's able to exploit? I don't know. But he's done it twice already this year. And mm-hmm. I have my apprehensions about playing them on Thursday because that team that team is solid. They've underperformed against certain teams, but they are performing against the class of the division right now and that they're, that's a concern yep they're starting to there's they're, they're start it's it looks like they're starting to put it together against everybody else as well they are, so they're, as, they're as of right now they are a playoff team like yep, as the standards correct. sit they're a playoff team so you have to take them seriously and i'm hoping that this team coming off tahoe has a little spark behind them and let's let's play a little angry let's come in and we're Again in Long Island, we've yet to play a fucking home game against the Islanders. This is now three three solo games that we're going to Nassau County to play them. 
whoever who, whoever made this schedule was on one when he. I don't get it. it. I don't get it. <laughs> we I haven't just, played a series against the Islanders yet. Yeah, we played them three separate times. And you, and you know, beginning of March that happens again, right? We're playing yes, them Tuesday, March 9th. Again, a one-off game. Again, on Long Island. Like, <laughs> we don't get the Islanders at home until the end of March. It's like March 25th, I believe. Yeah, That's March so 25th and 27th. We'll have two consecutive games against them. One's a day game, a Saturday day game, which I, I fucking love. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm into that. Uh, but that's the first time we finally get the Islanders at home. No, no, whoever, whoever, made, that, whoever made that schedule was like, um, hmm, how do I... Either, either that or they were like, I feel bad for the Bruins. Maybe we shouldn't keep them on Long Island any longer than they have to be. <laughs> <laughs> I will say... Looking at this team right now, there is nothing on this team that actually worries me long-term. I think that Mm -hmm. the defense, even though they're going to have an off night, Jersey was a little bit of a mess. They're capable of putting it together because they obviously put it together last night. It's an excellent defense. Yeah, And they're young and they're growing and they're gelling. It's only going to get better for me, barring a substantial injury to to a Carlo or a McAvoy. This, This defense is fine. Exactly. The one storyline from this year that jumps out to me is the Islanders as kryptonite. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you can even you could even kind of say the Devils because we've lost two games to them now. Mm-hmm. But the Devils don't scare me. The Islanders kind of freak me out a little bit. Yeah. The Devils don't scare me either. The Devils the Devils kind of remind me and this is this probably isn't a coincidence reminds me of the old late 90s um no, this isn't a coincidence at all, actually, now that I think about it. They remind me of the late late 90s, early aughts, uh, Sabres, Sabres teams. Yep, I can and, see that. And um, not that great, but can get on a run. Mackenzie Blackwood's a stud. Yeah. Um, he's oh. he's the next star goalie in this league. Um, and, and how did the Sabres go on that run? Excellent goaltending. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and I mean, Lindy Ruff hasn't changed his people like to say that Lindy Ruff, the game has passed him by and, you know, maybe it has a little bit, but these kids are buying in. So when he got brought in there, I, I genuinely thought Lindy Ruff was in Newark as a placeholder. Mm -hmm. Like I genuinely thought that Mm -hmm. and he's, he's there and he's not producing crazy amounts, but he's getting something out of some of these kids. That team is a lottery pick, and they're they're and yeah. you know other than other that that team's a lottery team. And right now, um, COVID shenanigans aside, twenty one players on the COVID list at one point. My God, they're they're punching way above their weight class. They're they're as as uh, as my girlfriend likes to say, out kicking their coverage. Yep. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, I mean. But 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 as a whole, the the, the two there, there are two players on the Devils that I always keep my eye on. It's Kyle Palmieri and Mackenzie Blackwood. That's it. Yeah. Yep. And but for the Islanders, it's a it's a collective. Well, because they don't have like outside of Barzell, like who's a superstar in that team? There isn't. That you have. I have a soft, I have a soft spot for for uh, Jean Gabriel Pajot. Okay. Um. Because I, I I like I like any players that play like Bergeron and he's Bergeron like pretty much. Understood. And that's no disrespect to him whatsoever. Yeah, that's a huge compliment. 
they have a roster of excellent role players. So I, I enjoy watching them, except for <laughs> the last two games that we've played them. I haven't enjoyed it as much, but yeah. predictions for Thursday. And then we'll jump right in because they're playing the next night, the other mm-hmm. New York team. So mm-hmm. let's start with the Islanders here. Thursday night, who do you got? So um, they're due. I say they're due, but I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a tight checking physical, you know, earn every inch of ice type of game. That that I mean, it's it's boring for the casual fan, but I love that shit. Yeah. Um, I'll say I'll say three one Bruins on an empty netter, but it's two one for like a long time. I'm going to go the opposite way, mostly because you just pulled the tits of the uh, <laughs> the defensive depth. If Lausanne is out, I feel like they take a little bit of a step back because of you, <laughs> because because of the karma that you're throwing on them, the the juju that you're putting on them. <laughs> I'm going to say the Islanders again, the bugaboo, and the Bruins lose three one. But I will go on record as saying the next three times that we play them, the Bruins will. We'll win. And we'll be six games into this year's series and it'll be three three. But I think the Islanders win on Thursday. I'm I'm I I'm putting that next three games. I'm putting that in pen and I'm gonna keep that. <laughs> Do it. The travel isn't gonna be a factor come Thursday. The Bruins have a couple of days off. That can be good and bad. They can bask in their win. Yeah, and you know what? They deserve it. I guarantee you that plane ride back from fucking Tahoe last night was an absolute blast. It was wild. That type of chemistry shows on the ice. So they they that's how that's how Sweeney built his team. It's all leadership. It's plug and play and leadership types. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, hmm. total sidebar with Krejci out, Carlo got the A. What did you think about that? I think Twitter definitely took it personally for. For the 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 fact that it wasn't McAvoy, but I honestly I I think Carlo's that silent leader. I like it, and just that yep. little bit, maybe just that little bit more of a leader than McAvoy is at maybe this point. But he's that stoic big dude, and it mm-hmm. kind of. I think there's two sides to it. One, I think Carlo very well deserved it, but do you think maybe in the fact that it wasn't McAvoy, maybe it was something to. Maybe light a little fire under McAvoy. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you were going to go a different way with that one. Maybe if his goal last night was any indication, he was pissed. Mm-hmm. Just that fucking clapper, that clapper from about a hundred feet out, and and Hart had no shot at it. <laughs> no, he didn't have a shot at a lot of shit last night. <laughs> I will never love a woman as much as Carter Hart hates playing the Bruins. Yeah. He's <laughs> it's not just the Bruins for him too, man. Like I feel bad. He's he's good. He's it is just not getting put together. I I'm really looking forward to the next time we play the Flyers beginning of March. I think I'm gonna bring uh a, a Flyers guest back on and just let them either defend or destroy him. I'm like Why are you 0 five? Go. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't want it to be a situation where the Bruins are looking at the Islanders the way that Flyer fans are looking at Bruins right yeah, now. Like, yeah, talk, talk shit, get hit, and whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's this, um, the, the scheduling itself, like the fact that we keep playing all these same teams, 
there's there's a level of complacency that you almost have where it's like, oh, well, we just saw him play the Rangers a couple of days ago. Like, I don't I don't need to like focus on this game. Mm. But the flip side is, man, these rivalries are getting fucking fun because that game got a little bit a little bit chippy. But also those celebrations last night, McAvoy being fired up and right, yep, like seeing seeing the way that they celebrate and and honestly, the Flyers coming right back and scoring a goal. They were fired up. That was a really nice goal, too. It really was, man. Yeah. Farabee was on his side. He wasn't even on his feet, and he still shot the puck past Rask. Yeah. I I think they said last night this that was his eighth of the season, which has tied his total from the entire year last year. (laughs) He's a good player, man. Like I I have no no hate for that dude. And honestly, there's a number of players on that roster that I would pluck in a second. But they're a good team. They are a they good really team. Are, yeah. And and it that that's what makes beating them that much more satisfying. Exactly. Probably that much more frustrating. Like I don't even know if we're going to be able to get a Flyers guest on right now because I think they just want to avoid all things B right now. <laughs> just just uh, promise them promise them will be easy on you. He's like, "Well, it's it's okay. It's all right. This is a safe space." Yeah. This is a safe space. <laughs> so that's Thursday night. You've yeah. got the you've got the uh, the Bruins taking it. I have the Islanders taking it, mm-hmm. and then we play the uh, the Rangers Friday and Sunday. Sunday noon game. I'm into that. Yeah. Yep. Sunday at noon will be great, and I'm unfortunately not going to be around to see it. I will be driving, but mm-hmm. maybe we'll sneak it on the radio or something. So there you go. It is it is a definite benefit that the wife actually cares about the Bruins. I'm starting to turn the girlfriend a little bit. That's all you got to do, man. Honestly, just show them what worked for me because she came from New York. Her mom's a diehard Rangers fan. What worked for me was let her meet the team before the games. You know what I mean? Like, like, and I don't mean like in person. I mean like show her. Like all I did was show her videos of. I was actually Char that she fell in love with. Char doing all like the the behind the scenes stuff with the kids and the way Pasta interacts with kids and what Bergeron does and. Oh, Marshawn's not this bad guy. Like, look at him with his daughter and blah, blah, blah. Like, show them that they're fucking humans first. And then she starts rooting for him on the ice. And now she's a Bruins fan and could care less about anything New York. Danielle's Chara is pasta. Okay. Um, pasta is, and I quote, her sweet summer child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a story behind that, but I'm kind of nervous about it. <laughs> Just, just, I think it's just his personality. He's just seemingly just so pure. <laughs> yeah, and dude, honestly, that's a great way of describing it because, like, what has he done that you can possibly hate on? Mm-hmm. Like, it really came through last year when he did that Dunkin' Donuts commercial, and like people kind of saw who he was. And I don't know, man. Like, he's got such a cartoony voice too. He does. Like, he's, he's just, and, and now he's got the look to match. You see those Macho Man sunglasses? <laughs> Fucking rock that shit. He can literally score 60 goals a year, and I don't think there's going to be anyone on any other team unless you're living in Toronto or Montreal that can sit there and be like, oh, fuck that dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't hate on that dude. So who do you got for Rangers Friday, Sunday? Uh, well, considering um, the Rangers are going to be well without uh, Artemi Panarin for a bit, mm-hmm. um, they are significantly weaker. <laughs> I could see maybe, maybe, maybe a trap game on Sunday. Okay. Uh, I'll say they split. I, I'll say they they win on Friday and lose a close one on Sunday. I'm I'm again gonna go different than you. I'm thinking two two W's, mm-hmm. but thinking back to the last series, 
that was a physical end of that series. Like that that last game that they played against them. What was that? The uh, on the twelfth. There was. I remember a lot of physicality. I remember it being a closer game. And both of those games were score sheet wise a lot closer than they felt. If that made mm-hmm. sense. I remember right. discussing that with you. Like those mm-hmm. games. Those games weren't the blowouts that I thought they were going to be. I was. Well, David Quinn is still coaching that team, so I guess I have yeah. Possible. And I was definitely, I was definitely being a little bit uh, boisterous when I was making my predictions about them last time, where I said that they're going to beat them twice and the games aren't going to be close. Mm-hmm. They were closer than they needed to be. The Rangers yeah. definitely have a young, a young core that there's a lot to like about their young core. And yeah. I know me and you have discussed that before. And when we had Stat Boy Steve on, he knew that there's a lot to like about this core. But the product on the ice right now is. It's not fully developed, and Panarin, their star, being out for an unforeseen time. Like I don't, I don't think he's going to be back this week. So, no. just just based on like COVID protocols and international travel and everything, like I don't think. Yeah, Panarin's out. Uh, Kako is also out, and because he's, right. he's he's on he's on a COVID COVID protocol list as well. Yeah, so that's that's two playmakers, two two stars mm-hmm. for that team at different points in their career, but. Nonetheless, that's the exciting thing to watch out of them, and it's not mm-hmm. going to be there. So for that reason, I think it's a, it's a safe bet that I think the Bruins will take both. And I understand what you mean about the trap game. It's definitely possible. Third mm-hmm. game in four four days coming off of long travel and all that stuff. The only travel of the year, really. So like, yeah, right. if you really think about it, like the idea of... That's uh, kind of well, that, is def- that is exactly my thinking. Yeah. And, and also, like, obviously there's multiple days off like they're off this whole fucking week before thursday and it's it's not going to be that big of a deal when it comes to travel but like that's that's the extent of their travel yeah well there's the travel there is the travel there is um you know um zaboral lazon grizz um i think miller's coming back but miller wasn't actually hurt kind of a weird weird thing there that was, yeah. I think, um, I, someone made a really good point on Twitter that it wasn't, it, we, it was nothing to do with him being hurt. It was load management. So I think he's coming back, mm-hmm. um, regardless. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would, I would expect probably him to play at least two of these games coming up in the next couple of days, mm-hmm. but it's going to be something to monitor. Like I, I understand what load management would be, especially coming off those injuries that he's had, but mm-hmm. But no, like what what's triggering that right now? Like, is it was it something that was written down and that was the plan? And are these injuries going to shake that up a little bit, or or are they going to follow through because that's that's the plan for him from a physical standpoint? I wouldn't be yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Cassidy sat down with them like a couple of weeks ago and was like, okay, we're going to start managing your minutes a little bit because we want you and we need you in the playoffs. Yeah, and he's he's exceeded every expectation this year. You know, yeah, he really hate, has. Hate on him, hate, hate on him all you want. Hate on his contract all you want. Hate on whatever you want about him. He's exceeded every expectation and has been a solid, productive defenseman for the Boston Bruins. There is no getting around that. Yep. But I'm willing to bet that Cassidy had that conversation with him a couple of weeks ago and was like, "We're going to sit you here. We're going to sit you here. We're going to sit you here. We're going to sit you here." And we're gonna integrate. We're gonna integrate some of the other players, and like you know, Aro Bakanine and making a season debut and playing Excellent. nearly twenty-four yeah. minutes and looking good doing it. He kind of looked like a drunk toddler on Couturier's goal, but other than that, <laughs> he was very solid. He got he even got some power play time. Yeah, he got some power play time, and then at the very end of the game, obviously Bergeron likes to line up, and 
and give dabs there or whatever to every single player getting off the ice. And he was noticeably, he stopped Vakaninen and talked to him for a minute, gave him some acknowledgement. And I saw a number of people on Twitter who were like, I wonder what he said to him. It's like, that's exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. job, kid. Like, you had some ice time. You held your own. Like, you belong here. Like, give the kid a little bit of credit. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. So I think I think um, with the report last year that he was kind of in Jade Leach's doghouse a little bit. I think that he I, it looked like he took that to heart. Um, yeah. He As had I effort, want him to. Yeah, he he had effort concerns last year, and it wasn't just Leach. It was Cassidy too. Cassidy reported that back, and it looks like if if Erho Vakanainen can play like that when called upon the ceiling is higher for him than even I thought I was never a huge fan of the pick and I was never a huge fan of the pick when he was, when he was drafted, but I get it. I, I, I get the kind of defensive defenseman that you draft in the first round, very fluid, very smooth, no panic in his game whatsoever. And it's, it's good. It's nice. Um, but yeah, I think that he'll be, I think he'll be okay. Well, there's a lot of positives to take from from yesterday. A good amount of them kind of cancel out the previous mm-hmm. two games for me. Right. Uh, if I was gonna slip a little bit for uh, for like family and personal reasons and not be able to follow as tightly as I normally would, uh, I'm glad I missed those two fucking terrible games. <laughs> to be honest, uh, just seeing your head explode on social media and another number of other heads exploding for. Just the most asinine reasons. After the New Jersey game, I'll admit, I I I was done with John Moore. I was yeah. done with him. And, Andreas Janssen made a a lateral move that you learn how to defend in Pee Wee, and Moore got his lunch taken. Yeah, it was like after that, I was like, no, no, no. But but to his credit, he totally redeemed himself. <laughs> he, he had a great game and and ice time is important mm-hmm. seventh man eighth man it doesn't matter ice time is going to be important right and there's there's only so much you can actually do with him yeah. like practice speed and in game speed are two different things so it was nice probably, to see a little bit of bounce back for him it's definitely definitely not the last we've seen of him no and if he and I, I said this on twitter last night if John Moore had any of those kind of games in his first few years in the Bruins, we would not be worried about him making 2.75 mil. Not at all. So he, he earned himself a pass for at least another terrible game or two. So Yeah, until he until he until he makes a clear right on makes a perfect tape to tape pass on somebody else's stick and <laughs> Yeah. That ends up at the back of the net and my head explodes again. Yep. Goodwill and until he gets Cosmic totally Ballet rolls on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like he's 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 got to pass from me until the next time he gets completely undressed, and I'll play that he should not be getting undressed on. So that was so bad. Oh my god! It was yeah, it was it was pretty brutal. I I had the benefit of being able to watch like the highlights and kind of get the gist of how poorly the teams played. But mm-hmm. in your mind, you can you can make some excuses, but there was no fucking excuse for that play. Yeah, and you shouldn't you shouldn't make you shouldn't make it me. So, but right now he's in the good graces. Let's see how long that lasts. That's it. So we've got these these next couple games coming up. We got Thursday the 25th against the Islanders, mm-hmm. Friday the 26th against the Rangers, day off Saturday, picking back up for the noon game against the Rangers at MSG. And then they're off for a couple of days and they pick it back up against the Capitals. It will be extremely interesting to see 
this Bruins team as they're playing right now match up against the Capitals because just a few short weeks ago, this Capital team looked entirely different. So I'm looking forward to previewing that with you. And uh, we'll probably bring on a Caps guest that I have lined up. And awesome. We'll, uh, Sounds great. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I want to thank Mark Allred, BNG Productions, for helping us get this podcast out. Uh, I will take a, a personal moment to just remind everybody that if you are not feeling right and you've got things going on in your mind, I want you to know that you can message us. Andrew will listen. I will listen. Our friends at Dump and Change, Nick will listen. There's always somebody out there that will listen. And I, I really urge everybody to just kind of let that sink in for a little bit. I know that there's moments where you feel alone. I've certainly felt alone this past week processing everything that's going on. But DMs are always open, guys. You're never you're never alone. Trust me. You got any anything you want to plug? I know you had some appearances coming up with uh, Breakdown, or not Breakdown, the uh, Big Bad? Yeah, Big Bad Bruins Banta podcast. I'm actually recording with them tomorrow afternoon, uh, so keep an eye out for that. I'll be repping the short shift pod on their podcast. So we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Tuga um, because apparently there's a there's a debate going on about Tuga Rask. Stop me if you've heard that one before. <laughs> And to your point, you, you, you said earlier, I'm sick of hearing about the 2015 draft. We're also going to discuss that. <laughs> I can't wait. Can't wait. I'm sure you right, guys will actually do it logically. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really um, the I, I, I'm on I'm on the opposite side of the ledger on that one. So it will be interesting to see where they go. <laughs> I hear you. All right, brother. I will catch up with you later. All right. Take it All easy, right. my man. Be good. <laughs>